0: Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a bestselling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters.
1: And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books, Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give
0: our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today we are talking about something completely different.
1: (laughs) Well, not really completely different. It'll still be bookish, right? This is going to be so much fun. I'm so (laughs) excited for this episode. So we wanted to do an
0: episode that was kind of, you know, the things that we don't always catch in our list of novels, because, you know, there are all kinds of ways to tell a story and all kinds of um, formats. So today we're going to be talking about anthologies and graphic novels and short stories and all those little things that we sometimes forget about. So, um, Dawn, have you ever had like a genre or format that you kind of just either ignored or said no to or um, just wasn't for
1: you? I've always been kind of fascinated by all the different ways to tell a story. So I'm going to be suggesting some really different kind of books towards the end of the podcast today. So y'all need to stay with us for that. But in my opinion, reading is reading. And so everything we're suggesting today, that still counts as reading, even if it doesn't feel like the traditional style. The only genre I think I've ever really been like, nope, is horror. And we all know that. And we know that's just for everybody's best interest because- you know, well, you don't want me texting me at three at three <laughs> in the morning, being like, "Hey, what are you doing? I'm awake." <laughs> well, and you've tried it,
0: so it's not like you were like, "I'm never going to read that." You have tried yes. it and discovered it is not for you, so yes. that's different. Um, and it's funny you said reading is reading because this weekend we went to um, the Friday night football game at my son's high school, and a neighbor happened to be sitting in the row in front of us, and. Kind of a neighbor like a new neighbor that we don't know. And so we started talking about what do you do for a living and blah blah blah. And you know, I always get the kind of you do what now? Where I say, I write romance novels for a living. Um, but anyway, he was with his dad and mom I had come to the game too. He's like, Well, my dad listens to audiobooks, but I'm always teasing him that he doesn't actually read because somebody's reading the story to you. Let me tell you, you guys, <laughs> I got into my my whole soapbox. <laughs> so you know, I'm I'm a neighbor. I should be polite and just be like, uh-huh, and just joker. No, I was like, well,
1: actually, you know, I was that person. Well, and we've talked about before, I do struggle with audiobooks, but it's not because I don't think of it as reading, it's because mm-hmm. I have the attention span of a goldfish. Right. And so I have found audiobooks work really well for me as long as I am moving and doing something else. So if I mm-hmm. have to clean, if I am driving. Things like that, I can really focus, but I'm still struggling with I'm going to sit here and listen to this audiobook. Right. That just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And
0: I think for me, audiobooks have taken practice. I had to like get in through the door of nonfiction audiobooks because it's very podcast like. And then I moved into fiction and discovered if I have a good narrator, but I'm also commuting a lot more than don- not commuting to work, but I'm bringing my child back and forth to a thousand things because my children or my child doesn't drive like her children yet. So I have to be the Uber driver. So I spent a lot of time in the car. I spent a lot of time walking my very high maintenance dog. So I have time for audiobooks sometimes when I don't have time to read a physical book. So that's how I've gotten into that. But I am generally pretty open-minded into things. And I do think reading is reading in all formats. If you're ingesting a story or information, you know, it's it's reading. So genre-wise, literary fiction used to kind of scare me off, I think, because school. (laughs) So (laughs) when you're assigned so many like, literary type classic books like it just put a bad taste in my mouth for them because I didn't enjoy that when I was growing up um but since then I've started to pick up literary fiction here and there and as long as it has um a propulsive enough style if it's not too too slow um and not too grim because sometimes literary fiction can get really grim um I can do literary fiction so I need it to have um just a little bit of that you know commercial propulsiveness and then nonfiction with a literary bend I actually like so I've learned like true crime stuff when they actually put a little literary into it um the way they tell the story I enjoy it more so like right now I'm listening to American Predator which is a true crime about the serial killer Israel Keys but it's being told less in a narrative format and more in a like this is what happened here the transcripts of the interview and I'm finding it harder to take in because it's so straightforward and doesn't have like a story kind of drive that all it feels like is very very horrible crime so like without the narrative drive it's almost too much for me like i can't quite um listen to it so i don't know if i'm gonna make it all the way through i'm about halfway through but i found if something's more like i'll be gone in the dark where she's telling a story um i can take in true crime better so I also never thought I'd be in a superhero books, much to gone chagrin. (laughs) Um, And then I read V.E. Schwab's Vicious and loved it. So I try to be open-minded because I want someone to convince me. Like I want to pick up a book and say, you don't think you like this, but wait. And I think as a romance writer, we have to do that so much with people. Like We have to have people pick up that first romance novel because there's such a stigma about them. And I mean... I didn't grow up reading romance novels, partially because of that stigma. If you had asked me in college, I would have said, I never read a romance novel. So sometimes it just takes one. And that's how it was for me.
1: (laughs) And now here I am. Well, and I love that you've come around to the superheroes because my my evil plan is working. (laughs) But I also just want to get a time machine so I can go back to past Ronnie and be like, hey, we haven't met yet. We're going to be great friends, but you will never guess what you do for a living. (laughs) I completely wouldn't have believed you. I would have believed writer because I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be
0: anything else, but I would not have thought romance novelist for sure. I was very serious about being a therapist and all my graduate schoolness. So I would have been like never (laughs) (laughs) all pretentious, like, but anyway, so our point is if you're not open-minded to things, you might miss out on some really great formats and weird stories and, you know, different things that you wouldn't have thought of. So we're going to start with non-traditional formats. Um, So this, you know, the most obvious one is short stories, which you can usually find in anthologies. And I like these because sometimes you just want something quick. Like Mm -hmm. you just want to get in and get out and, you know, have a little something to distract you. And if you have an anthology of a bunch of different authors, you can try different authors because sometimes, you know, these are people new to you and you don't want to go buy their whole book until you know, do I like their voice? Do I like their style? It gives you a way to kind of sample things.
1: Well, and you also get to get to all the good stuff quickly. Like, especially in romance, it moves to the fun part. Yeah. And as a writer, when I write short
0: stories, that is the best part (laughs) for the romance, because I'm like, I get to get to the love scene in like the second, you know, (laughs) chapter. So um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And if you're just looking for something quick and sexy, a short story and romance is always great. And then if you are easily distracted, or you don't want to dive into something really, you know, intricate, usually a novella and or a short story, only has an a plot which means no subplots and b plots which are all the background things so it can be really focused really propulsive and kind of move you through the story really quickly um, some obvious ones we've talked about a couple of these before so i'm just going to go through them quickly but if you want a stunner of a short story stephen king is the master like absolutely he is, yeah he is the guy so like the night shift anthology includes stories Graveyard shift sometimes they come back in children of the corn which i think all have movies so yes. he managed to pack in so much story into those short, you know, things that they made a whole film out of it. And then his different seasons anthology has Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank redemption, which the movie is called just the Shawshank redemption and the body, which the movie um, of that was stand by me. So if anyone thinks a short story or a novella, isn't long enough to tell a good story, start with Stephen King um, because usually he's not going to let you down. Now, if you're scared of things, The Shawshank Redemption one's not scary.
1: so Right. Different Seasons, which was one of my favorite books for a really long time, is not meant to be scary at all. Mm -hmm. It's very emotional in showing different ways that humans interact and building different styles of relationships. So it was very, for the time, not very Stephen Mm -hmm. King-ish. I have also read The Night Night Shift back because peer pressure when you're in high school i was i was not good at resisting that and i have a quick story for us about children of the corn so i'd read the short story and at some point i've seen the movie because again peer pressure right and my mom and i took a trip out into the um out into a section of texas where they grow corn And literally my aunt's house was in the middle of a cornfield. Oh, hell no. Like (laughs) you drove down this little path between the rows and it was an anniversary party for her and my uncle. And so we stayed until really late into the night or whatever, but we were driving back because we were going to go stay at a hotel. And as we're driving, it is like midnight, full moons out, all this corn (laughs) is waving around us. And I was probably, I was in college and I just remember looking at my mom and being like, if a kid jumps out of one of these stops, <laughs> you just run over it and keep going. <laughs> what? And I'm like, no, I am dead serious. If some redheaded child steps out here, you just floor it, mom. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> and luckily we made it out and there was nothing, nothing got us, but it was terrifying
0: yeah i would have been there with you that movie scared the heck out of me because i saw it probably younger than i needed to yeah no scary movie um there's something about children in general scary children and horrors like that gets to me Mm
1: um
0: my next one also is kind of in the horror lane but i talked about it last week it's vampires never get old and this is edited by zareda cordova and natalie c parker so these are billed as a fresh take on vampire stories so kind of picking different mythology or different um you know putting more diversity into vampire stories so i haven't read all of them but what i've liked so far about the stories is that at the end of each story um the editors come in and kind of give a little paragraph about why they liked the story or why they selected the story and short stories sometimes can be intimidating because you know you're not sure what happened at the end of song <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: they tend to leave an open-ended
0: yeah, it's kind of like wait what like what happened and especially if you're used to reading novels it can leave you a little bit like okay well what was the point of this story and so i liked that at the end of each one they kind of told you like hey we thought this story was cool because of this so this is one that if you want you know vampires and ya and you kind of want to start with stories where they give you a little help explaining them um that one is a good choice so vampires never get old And then why are all the short stories horror? Everyone I kept putting on here, I'm like, and it's more horror. So I can't recommend it to Dawn. But my next one um, is Slasher Girls and Monster Boys. And this anthology was edited by April Genevieve Tolkien. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, So it's young adult thriller and horror writers. And it includes stories from authors like Kendare Blake, who wrote the Buffy book I talked about last week that I love so much. Lee Bardugo, who's the author of the Shadow and Bone series. So it's got some really like hard, you know, high power, hard hitting authors. And this is the back cover, part of the back cover. But it says, each story draws from a classic tale or two, sometimes of the horror genre, sometimes not, to inspire something new and fresh and terrifying. There are no superficial scares here. These are stories that will make you think, even as they keep you on the edge of your seat. From bloody horror to supernatural creatures to unsettling all too possible realism. This collection has something for any reader looking for a thrill. So what I liked about this one is that at the end of each story, they tell you like it's kind of upside down. Well, it's not kind of upside down. It's upside down. You have to flip the book to see what the inspiration for the stories were. So that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool so that it doesn't spoil it for you. Of course, me. So (laughs) it's supposed to be (laughs) upside down to not spoil you so that you don't know what's going to happen in the story. Me, I selected which stories to read by flipping it upside down and seeing which inspirations I liked. (laughs) So... But, you know, to each their own. Um, So it'll tell you, like, Lee Bardugo's story was inspired by a Nirvana song, like the Francis Farmer um, song by Nirvana. And then Kendara Blake's story was called On the I-5, and it was inspired by the movies Death Proof and The Hitcher. Um, And that story was pretty dark. And then um, the one by one of the editors, April Genevieve Tolka, uh, was called The Flicker, the Fingers, the Beat, the Sigh." and that was inspired by Carrie and I Know What You Did Last Summer so of course I was like I need to read this one immediately and that story really did have like that 90s horror feel of I Know What You Did Last Summer it felt really cinematic so what I've liked about the ones I've read so far in this collection is that like that one that was 90s set it felt very um like kind of light, even though it was a a dark story. It's a horror story, but it was like not too serious. And it's these teenagers and they're doing stupid things and get themselves in some trouble. And then the I-5 one by Kendare Blake was like dark. So like, she's at a side, you know, a um, cafe like on the side of the interstate and she's not sure if she's human
1: or not or what's happened to her or not. (laughs) Dawn's making faces at me. (laughs) Like, why do you do this to yourself? I've, (laughs) I've seen the hitcher. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I have seen The Hitcher and there is one specific scene in that movie that sticks out of my head a whole lot that I'm like, no, (laughs) just no, it
0: was dark, but I really did. um, I think when you know the inspiration, it like adds something to the story. And it made me think like how much fun it would be if somebody put together a romance, romance anthology like this and was like, okay pick See two, that? Yes. two romance movies or two non-romance <laughs> movies and write a romance based on these i'm like that sounds like a fun
1: challenge um, that um, i could get by we we could have some fun with that and i love how you had this this thing in our notes about the first story in this was inspired by the the birds so dawn you probably shouldn't read this oh yeah because <laughs> it's the birds that are going to be the problem. not the everything not everything <laughs> about this book is not da- not for dawn but yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. The first story is called The Birds of Azalea Street. And I was like, nope, nope for Dawn. (laughs) And it was inspired by the birds, I think. So there you go. Um, My last one that's horror related is Echoes, the Saga Anthology of Ghost Stories. So um, from the back cover, this is 30 stories, including all new works from New York Times bestselling authors, Joyce Carol Oates, Alice Hoffman, um, Shin McGuire, and Paul Tremblay. Span from the traditional to the eclectic, from the mainstream to the literary, from pure fantasy to bizarrely supernatural. Whether you're reading alone under the covers with a flashlight or around the campfire with a circle of friends, there's something here to please and spook everyone.
1: Um, so another one that
0: we can't give to Dawn. Yeah, but...
1: <laughs> this this is just a list of books not for Dawn. That should be the title of this. <laughs> Yeah, But this
0: one, you know, Halloween's not too far off. So if you want to have ghost stories to tell this, I have this in paperback and it is giant, y'all. So these are, a, it's a lot of stories um, it's a lot of content. So if you're looking for some cool ghost stories, it's called echoes now for something that Dawn actually can read and probably will buy as soon as I explain it to her. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: I saw this in the notes and I was like, Oh, that's a, I'll go click that right now.
0: Right. So this is a um, romance one. It's called take the heat, a criminal romance anthology. And it has stories from sky Warren, Pam Godwin and Shoshana Evers. So if you are in the romance land at all, you know that those names mean it's going to have some dark Dark. romance in it. Yeah. So be warned. It is a criminal romance anthology. So (laughs) please don't add us that we have sent you this dark, dark romance. Um, The back cover is the ultimate bad boys. Criminals um, capture our attention and awaken our darkest desires. Celebrate the illicit in this romantic suspense anthology where handcuffs are used for more than play. These stories are shocking sexy and thought provoking. And I would like to note, as of this recording, as of this morning, it is free on Kindle. It's not Kindle Unlimited. Like, it's just free on Kindle. Oh, so nice. If anybody wants to go get their dark romance <laughs> fix, um, this is Take the Heat. And I, those authors, you know, have been proven to write really good dark romance. So I think you're in <laughs> good hands.
1: This is where Ronnie's going to have to edit out me clicking and typing in <laughs> on my extra monitor <laughs> over here to click that before I forget. And the book I'm going to recommend is kind of funny because it is the complete opposite what you just recommended it is the tattered blue line and stories of contemporary policing and this is an anthology of crime stories that are written by mostly former law enforcement ah. so most of the heroes in this are going to be law enforcement and this is not romance-based i want to put that out there right now this is th- these are crime stories these are mysteries thriller type stories and one of them that I have to highly recommend because it is awesome is Zebras by Stacey Winson, who is one of our original podcast mm-hmm. guests. And it is the story of a school resource officer, which kind of hit home for me because like I've, I know school resource officers, sure. I worked with them and it is told in an epistolary style. Mm-hmm. So it is, all, Ronnie's smiling because I said the word right. <laughs>
0: Dawn is so proud of herself. Her face she was so proud. Good job, on A plus.
1: <laughs> so it is told through text and memos and announcements. And it is, it is so, so good. And you could probably you can read it in less than an hour. Awesome. So you can get the take the heat one and read about the criminals. And then you can get <laughs> right. Dawn's Tatter Blue Line and read about the people that would arrest
0: those criminals.
1: <laughs> we got both sides here. Yes. We are equal opportunity.
0: Right. Um and I just wanted to mention, I am in a few anthologies. So we've talked about this one recently, I think, but the Nightingale anthology, um, it raised money for the Ukraine. So I have a steamy story in there um, called Moomy Night. So if you're looking for something a little steamy and it's a threesome story. So, you know, if that's your thing. It's really
1: good. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, and then I'm also in a much older one called 50 First Times. And that one's a new adult anthology, which was all about, wait for it, first times. So it's not just a clever name. <laughs> Um, but my story in there is called two in the morning and, um, it's still available. So if anybody wants to go read it first time, um, that I've written. So, and I also have a number of novellas, which are short, um, you know, longer than short stories, but shorter than novels. And they're in my loving on the edge series. So there's, I don't even know (laughs) there's break me down, which has a male submissive. There is yours all along, which is a fan favorite. So that one is um, Two guys in a romance. So oh. Leonard likes; he prefers male male romance. He really is <laughs> <laughs> <he's> a fan. <laughs> I just
1: throw um, that in there.
0: Yeah. So that that's my venture into the anthology world. Those two. So
1: well, and if you're interested in anthologies and interested in supporting charity for a good cause, I wanted to mention that Dissent is, which is D I S S E N T, not descent mm-hmm. is and go it's lower um is a charity anthology with new never before content published from over 150 authors of all romance genres and all the proceeds from the ebook and paperback are going to be donated to organizations benefiting productive rights reproductive rights in the united states and that releases september 6th all right, so, so that be- comes out on <laughs> tuesday i guess
0: yeah so be on the lookout next week um and 150 authors that is huge that's a get, well get, get that I, one in ebook not paper. yes well <laughs> so,
1: and i may know some of them and i may oh, okay. have gotten to preview the stories and they may be fabulous so awesome. awesome well and you can
0: feel good about reading romance for charity too so you know yes. it's doing a good thing in the world um and i did want to put a little note in here there are such things as serial novels um we don't have recommendations today for those i did write one back in the day called Not Until You. So you can now get that all together in one novel, but I did it as a serial when it first came out. Um, and there are services out there like Vella and Radish. Um, my book by the hour was on Radish for a while. I don't think it's on there anymore. But if you want to read things in little chunks, there's right. you know, an availability to do that. Dawn is a binge reader, binge reader, and I tend to be more of that than serial. So I, I don't do this as much, but... It's fun for a lot of people.
1: I think this is more a method that if you only know you have a short time, Mm -hmm. because if you have any experience with these services, you either have to wait for the the next episode or the next chapter to unlock, or you have to pay for it, or you have to have a certain number of in-app coins, which I -hmm. don't fully comprehend. I will absolutely admit that. So I'm one of those people. I am a super binge reader. If I start getting into a good book, nothing else is happening for the rest of the day. And so there's times I won't start something mm-hmm. because I know, okay, I've got a phone call in an hour. That's going to be really hard for me to put this book down and focus on what I'm supposed to be doing for this phone call. So those kind of services, I think work well, if you know your limits and mm-hmm. your Okay, so I can read these first three chapters. A lot of them have the first two or three chapters, um, and they may call them episodes, depending on the service. Right. They have those available for free, so it gives you a chance to test it out. Do Am I interested in this? But if I know, okay, I can only read these three chapters, and then I've got to wait two hours before the next chapter is going to release. Well, then maybe the laundry will get done today. Maybe. <laughs> right. I mean, let's right. not get crazy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And think about it like episodic TV. So some people like to wait till the whole season is out and binge them all together and other people it's okay waiting each time. And I mean, there is some pleasure in that. Like I am deeply into watching big brother right now because I have watched every season and it's, it's a family thing that we watch together, which, you know, you can judge me for my parenting on that. (laughs) We all watch it as a family. Um, But it comes out three times a week and I know I can't, unless i go you know on the forums and stuff and pay the extra to see like the 24 hour cameras which i do not but uh if i know it's coming i can look forward to it so you know right just like anything else there is a little anticipation with you know having to wait for something and we're not used to doing that right now in our current day and time so um it can work for a lot of people and then the next section we're going to talk about which is Something kind of new to both of us, but not new to the world, obviously, um, is graphic novels in comics. So I'm going to briefly mention that I looked it up to see what the difference is between a graphic novel and a comic, because I was like, which one should I call it? I want to get this right. Graphic novels are a complete story. So even if it's, you know, a couple volumes, but it's a complete finish, it's going to have an end. Whereas comics are episodic and are always in the middle. So, generally, mm-hmm. comics are never going to end. Think Superman's been around for how long? You know? So it's never ending. That's the difference. But, Dawn, do you have
1: any in this zone? Well, this is kind of a different recommendation rec- connected to this, because I'm just going to recommend an author, which is Allie Brosh. And she is hilarious. She has two books that would fall under this because they're illustrated, but it's not necessarily a graphic novel. It's more mm-hmm. illustrated essays.
0: Okay.
1: And they're super cute. The um, first one is called Hyperbole and a Half, Unfortunate Situations, co- Flawed Coping Mechanisms, Mayhems and Other Things That Happened. And then the second book is Solutions and Other Problems. And these are kind of, stories of her life that she illustrates and tells in a very humorous way but with for example with hyperbole and a half like her back cover copy is so I wrote this book I have to put something back here I really don't know what to put back here but this is a fun book you know so you Mm kind of get an idea of her style and then I like in and I can't remember which book has this in the forward but in the, or I think it's an author's note at the beginning, it talks about, you know, this is my book and this is what it's about. And there will be a chapter, you know, this was chapter one, which will be followed by chapter two and chapter three, but there is no chapter four because some things don't always turn out the way you expect them to. (laughs) And so, so it's a really fun, you can read a part of it, set it down, read a part of it and set it down. And it's really, the illustrations are not, Overly in depth, but they're hilarious. Yeah,
0: so it's nonfiction. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. That sounds fun. Um, mine is a new one that I had just. I knew they had a TV show, and I decided I, I wanted to try the graphic novel first. So this is Heartstopper by Alice Oseman. Um, the back cover says: Charlie, a highly strong openly gay overthinker, and Nick, a cheerful, soft-hearted rugby player, meet at a British all-boys grammar school. Friendship blooms quickly could there be something more? So, and when they say grammar, that doesn't mean grammar school, like in our terms in America. So they're, they're in high school, but um, it's a couple of volumes. So no going in that when you pick up volume one, it is not a complete story. So I've read volumes one and two so far, and I've started watching the Netflix series kind of along with it. Like as I read one, I'm cause they, they name the episodes of the Netflix series to go along with the book. So you kind of can tell oh, nice yeah, where you're at. Um, but if you need something that's just like adorable and just like sweet and just makes you happy. Um, it's two boys falling in love. One is just figuring out his sexuality. So he's like, you know, attracted to Charlie, but not sure why. And he's confused by it. Um, it's a coming of age tale and you know, they have some challenging things to deal with. They're out of boys school and you know, kids are rude and all of that, but it's told in like a very lighthearted, gentle way. The, the art is really cute and um, easy to follow it's definitely something to pick up if you just want, you know, to kind of smile. It's nothing like deep, dark conflict, you know, it's like, very much relatable to, you know, many kids have gone through this story. And here's, you know, one way to tell it. Um, And I truly thought I wasn't like a graphic novel or a comic reader. So there is a learning curve when you open up a book, and there's like lots of panels of drawing and the little dialogue, you know, bubbles and everything, and versus a narrative format of a novel. So I found like, I got this one, the first volume in paper. And I found it a little confusing to follow like, okay, which way am I supposed to read left to right up to down, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it took me like 30 minutes to read the first volume. It's very quick reading. And I, but it was still like unnatural flow. So I still was like having to work a little bit at it. Mm-hmm. And then volume two, I didn't have in print. So I got it an ebook from the library and which goes to my Kindle and I can't read graphic novels on my Kindle Paperwhite, but so I had to read this on my phone but I didn't realize that Kindle with some graphic novels and comics does something called comicsology. Um, and what that means is like on my phone, as I swipe through, instead of swiping to a full page, it just swiped to the next panel of the comic. So you would get it isolated. It was so much easier to read that way. Like, I'm like, Oh, this like opened up this world to me. I'm yes. like, th- because I think I'm just such a focused person that all of that extra stuff in the side was like distracting me. I was looking at all the pictures at once instead of like, here is the isolated thing. Okay, they kissed. And then the next scene, you know, he put his hand in his hair or whatever. Um, so I'm here for the comicsology. So if you find any of this, like, if you pick up a graphic novel and feel that way, maybe look for the ebook and try it um, that way. Because I'm excited now that I have like this new technique to be able to read them.
1: That sounds really cool. It sounds like it'd be a lot easier to manage that way. Mm -hmm. And I can see you reading it because I have to read this correctly and I don't know how to read this (laughs) correctly. What is the correct protocol of how to read this?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I, I need to know the right way. Well, because sometimes the little bubbles, like the speech bubbles, like, cross over to another panel and like who's talking first and <laughs> you know, everybody who actually reads graphic novels and comics regularly is probably listening to me like god she's such an idiot it's so obvious but it's not to me um and then my other one so first i'm just gonna put a blanket apology out there i'm going through a buffy phase it happens every couple of years i just got to get it out of my system so we talked about buffy the vampire slayer last week because i was reading something from the Buffyverse. And we're going to talk about something else, Buffy now. So you can fast forward if you're not into Buffy, but, and um, this is Buffy, the vampire slayer comic season eight, volume one. So for those of you who do watch Buffy, there are seven seasons of Buffy and it ends and you feel like, really, like we don't get any more than that. Like what, what happens next? So what happened next is they put it in comic form. So the seasons have continued, but in the comics. So I was very excited about this. Um, and it's a giant book. So I got the volume one. It's like a four or five different stories put in together. You cannot get this, unfortunately, on ebook or the comicsology. I think it came out before that existed. Um, so I have only read like one episode of this, but it's beautiful. The artwork is gorgeous. It's very colorful. And because if you watch Buffy, you know the characters. You can hear them in your head. You recognize who they are. You already have like all of this language. Um, going into it. So you're not starting from like fresh with having to figure out the world and who these people are. Mm-hmm. And so you can just kind of jump in and go like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing this week. So it's like another episode just in a different format. So yeah. if you watch Buffy and you got to season seven and you're like, I really, really want more. Um, there are comics out there now that you can read and see what happens in the additional story, which I need to know because all these Buffyverse books are coming out. So I need to know they're tying them all together with this. So I need to know what happened elsewhere, you know, not just in the show. So anyway, that is my comic and graphic novel list. It's very short. (laughs) It's new,
1: (laughs) but you're getting into something new and I'm so excited for all the stuff we're about to talk about next, because these are all new stuff. Yeah. New, not general, just reading type stuff.
0: Yeah. So our next topic, we kind of just are labeling it books with interesting formats. Um, I love when a book plays around with a format. I find it really compelling, and sometimes I'll pick up a book just because of that. So even if you know the story is like, oh well, maybe, um, if it's done something interesting with the format, I'm curious. So this might come from my childhood love of the Neverending Story by Michael Ende, which was red and green text. So if you're familiar with the Neverending Story, there's the real world and that not you know the fantasy world, and you could only tell which one you were in by what color the text was so i thought that was like the coolest it felt like a magical book because it was so different from all the other ones um so since then anytime something tells a story in a different way in a different format like you know i'm drawn to it so quickly i'm going to cover one that i've already talked about before so i'm not going to go deep into it but the appeal by janice hallett um this is epistolary told through emails text and letters so this involves a theater group and, you know, as it happens, a body shows up. Hate when that happens. Well, Dawn loves when that happens. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite part. Right. <laughs> um, and so now these two lawyers in the story are going through all of the correspondence, all of the theater documents, every email, text trail to try to figure out who did it. And you were doing that with them. So as you're reading along, you're reading what they're reading and trying to figure out the puzzle. I thought it was such an interesting way to do it. And you never have narrative of these people. It's like, it, you're only getting into the characters from their text or from you know a diary entry or something. So I thought that was a really cool way to do it. And kind of a different version of an epistolary novel. So that's The Appeal by Janice Hallett.
1: Well, and one that's similar to that, that I mentioned in a previous episode is a book that just wasn't for me. I didn't love the way the story turned out, but I think it was written very well is Where Did You Go, Bernadette? by Marie Semple. And it's very similar. It's told through emails and receipts and little snippets of notes. Now there is some narrative part to it. So Mm -hmm. it's not completely told that way, but it's very interesting how the story flows together. Yeah. And I didn't read that one, but I did
0: watch the movie and I felt a little more positive towards it than Dawn did, but I didn't read the book. So the book might have a little bit different tone. Um, my next one is kind of an older one. 2011 sounds old now, I guess, but this is um, Good Night Tweetheart by Teresa Medeiros. And I read this back in 2011 when Twitter was like still a fun place to be. It wasn't the hellscape that it
1: is now Oh, the good old days
0: (laughs) do you remember twitter dawn
1: yes we used to hang out on twitter all the time i know
0: we just got on and just talked about books with people and fun stuff and random things and it wasn't scary um but anyway this book is told almost entirely in tweets so the back cover is abigail donovan has a lot of stuff she should be doing namely writing her next novel a best-selling author who is still recovering from a near pulitzer prize win and the heady success that follows oprah's stamp of approval She is stuck at chapter five and losing confidence daily. But when her publicist signs her up for a Twitter account, she's intrigued. What's all the fuss? So you can tell this is old. (laughs) (laughs) Taking under the wing of one of her Twitter followers at Mark Bingenard, a quick-witted, quick-typing professor on sabbatical, Abby finds it easy to put words out into the world 140 characters at a time. And once she gets a handle on tweets, retweets, direct messages, hashtags, and trends, she starts to feel unblocked in her writing and in her life. After all, why should she be spending hours in her apartment, staring at her tweet deck and fretting about her stalled career when Mark is out there traveling the world and living? Or is he? Um, So this one was a fun romance. And being told in tweets is really, you know, kind of a cool, quirky way to tell it. You know, you might, if you read this one, you might see a little bit of, you know, its age because obviously anytime you write about technology just like if you go watch the movie you've got mail you know it right. naturally feels dated even though you know it was cutting edge at the time
1: 2011 that's over a decade ah I know I'm so old
0: <laughs> oh my god but
1: in tweet deck I haven't thought about tweet deck and in-
0: I can still hear the sound that tweet deck used to make because it used to be that I actually got notified every time there was like a tweet oh my god you're <laughs> Yes.
1: Ronnie's having like a moment
0: like right shoot me at the thought of that because I have turned off all notifications for everything now I'm like so in that like digital detox thing that the thought of like that dude dude every time oh my god how did I survive I don't know how I wrote any books back then but
1: um which is why I think you like this one I think that's why you relate to her it's a writer on a deadline right. and, <laughs> and she's
0: doesn't... stuck yeah no I totally felt that one so that is um good night
1: Well, and a little side note here that I discovered while I was doing research for um, this episode is they now have these things called chat stories. And I saw it on Radish, but it might be on other formats as well, that it's an entire story told through text. Hmm. And it pops up on your, I was reading on my phone and um, I'm assuming it would do the same on your Kindle, but it pops up like in the little text buttons or oh. uh, bubbles mm-hmm. as you're going through. And like, if somebody sends a meme, the meme pops up or the gift pops up and it's this entire, you're just reading somebody's text trail. That's kind of so cool. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. No,
0: and cool. then
1: I have to say, because you mentioned that your love for this came from The Neverending Story. My love for these kind of novels came, actually came from a play which is love letters by a.r gurney and it is a play of two people writing letters from the time they're in second grade all throughout their lives Hmm. and the way the play is meant to be performed is with them not facing each other they're it's a very sparse set and there's things going on around them but they're speaking directly to the audience because it's all them reading their letters and they don't actually interact with each other until the very last scene so it's kind of awesome
0: Awesome. And a different, interesting format, recommending yes. a play.
1: <laughs> I'm recommending a play, yeah. which you can still find. Cause I looked before mm-hmm. I recommended it. It's in a book. It says, I think the title of the book is love letters and Two other plays by A.R. Gurney.
0: Okay. Good to know. It'll be in show notes. I'll put it in show notes. Um, and then I just wanted to give a quick shout to Catherine Ryan Howard. Cause I've talked about her books a couple of times, but she tends to go for an unusual format in her books. The Nothing Man was a book within a book because they were writing a true crime story about the crime and you get the chapters of that book, but you also get the POV of the villain of the, you know, he's reading his own book, like he's reading the book that's about him. So Mm -hmm. it was a really cool format and it worked really well. Um, And then in her book, 56 Days, there was like a jumpy timeline. And then her newest one, which I haven't read yet, but I have bought. It's called Runtime and it has excerpts of a screenplay throughout. So I feel like that seems to be her thing. Like she must get really excited about different formats. So, so far it's worked for me and everything I've read by her. So I'm looking forward to Runtime.
1: Yes. I need you to read that. That way you can tell me if I can read it. Because like I really liked 56 Days, Mm -hmm. but you were told me to stay away from the Nothing Man and I trust these things. So I need you to read Runtime so I can find out if it's Dawn approved.
0: Yeah. The Nothing Man was too scary for you. It was scary for me um runtime i think if i'm remembering correctly is it's it's a horror movie set so one of the characters is like in a horror movie or something and so that's what the script is so we'll see i'll let you know um and speaking of horror another one that has an interesting format i am still trying to get through this one so i can't say if it's good <laughs> or not but it is recommended on a lot of like best horror list so that's why i have it but this is house of leaves by mark z Danielewski, um, and it's You know, a big thick book, but man, the format is trippy, y'all, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term. There are footnotes, there's upside-down text, there's transcripts, there's colored text. Um, there's pages with just one or two words on it. It's very disorienting on purpose. So you're supposed to be like getting into this. I think it's a haunted house story. So you're kind of getting into this and being disoriented like the characters are, but I still haven't gotten through it. It's on my shelf, but I'm really, really intrigued. I just, it's one of those things that it's like, I know I'm gonna need full mental capacity for this and the last time I had full mental capacity was probably about 2006 so (laughs) before I had a kid
1: (laughs) so I'm still waiting but I'm not giving up (laughs) well in this one I have to mention I was talking about this uh, with my kids about what we were doing on the podcast and if they knew any books that had interesting formats and so my son went and got this book and brought it to me because he has it Mm -hmm. and he's showing me all the really weird and I'm kind of flipping through it and he's talking about how it's really scary and, I probably wouldn't want to read it and I flipped to the very like first page where like a dedication would be Mm -hmm. and it literally says this is not for you and I was like okay (laughs) I agree with you so did he read it did he get through it he's he has read parts of it he has not been able to get through it but he he bought it much more recently than you did but um she just threw shade at me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no.
0: I'm just saying. He, he just got have- it. You've been had
1: it for, having it for years, Ronnie.
0: <laughs> but he he has not gotten through it. No. Okay. Well, if he gets through it before me, which he probably will, because he probably still has his full man- mental capacity since he's, you know, 19. Right. I mean, he is in college and we do know how that just uh, true, drains all true. that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one also horror. Why is it, I guess horror authors are just really creative with their format. So this one is Night Film by Marisha Pessel. Um, And this is another one I haven't read. So sorry, you guys. But I didn't want to miss it because it is really cool format. It has printouts of photos and web pages in the narrative. And the readers say it makes it feel like a jigsaw puzzle. So it's on my shelf. And I flip through it. And it just has a creepy like vibe to it, like when you look at the web pages and stuff. So if you're into that kind of thing, um, this is Night Film by Marisha Pessel. And then the king of, you know, weird formats and strange kind of quirky premises, Dawn still hasn't forgiven me for recommending. This is before I knew Dawn well enough not to recommend this, but um, this is Horror Store, Horror, Horror Store, it's always hard to say, by Grady Hendricks. And the book is formatted like an Ikea catalog. It has illustrations of like, first, it's really mundane items, like here is this nice side table. And then by the end, it's like, here is this nice torture device. <laughs> so, but it's a it's a horror novel set in an IKEA, and if you think about it, how brilliant is that? Because think about getting trapped in an IKEA with all those mazy walkways and all at night, al- like alone, you know, with the doors locked. That actually sounds really freaky to me. So, I thought great premise, and it's get it in paperback, like for sure. Don't don't do yes. this in ebook.
1: But well, and I have to say, I literally still have nightmares about this Aww. book. Like literally still. And it has probably saved me a lot of money in the however many years. Because it's been a while. It's Mm -hmm. been like 10 years since you recommended me that. But I am terrified to go to Ikea. (laughs) Like, if I was in an Ikea and the lights went out, like, Mm -hmm. you know, power failure, dead dawn. Right there. Right in the middle (laughs) of the sofas, like near the futons. Just, she's gone. Because, no.
0: Yeah. I think the hard thing about Grady Kendricks is, well, not hard, but just like tricky is that his premises are very fun sounding, like horror store, like it's at an Ikea. And then the other one is his, my best friend's exorcism. It's like 1988. And this is, you know, it's it's like, looks like a yearbook, like on the inside, there are signed names, like have a great summer, like in the inside cover of the book and they have pages from the yearbook. So they look like it's going to be like comedy horror, you know, so it's not going to get too scary, but that is a lie. There is comedy <laughs> and humor but they are scary and they're graphically scary. So (laughs) be aware it gets gross and graphic in these books. Um, But he really does have some super fun formats. And, you know, it's one of those that you probably like the best friends exorcism too. You want to get it. And it's a hardcover, but that I have, but you like to have a great summer thing is, you know, great. And I just go to go back to Buffy. (laughs) <laughs> just watched a Buffy episode it where, always comes back to Buffy <laughs> right where this girl was going invisible because people weren't paying attention to her like they were just ignoring her in high school she was an outcast or whatever and she physically was becoming invisible and like the you know Buffy and her gang are trying to figure out what's going on and they open up her yearbook and every signature is have a great summer and they're like oh god Aww. they're like nobody liked her and they're like why I think Giles or something is like why and like have a great summer is the worst that means they have nothing else to say to you
1: and I was like that right. is so true so moving away from the horror and things that Dawn doesn't get to play with I have some super fun recommendations because I made my husband take me on a field trip so that I could go check out some books and I found totally cool stuff and the bird absolutely agrees with me I don't know (laughs) if you can hear him screaming but that is his scream of approval (laughs) so first of all and this sounds weird when you say it but I'm gonna work through it they have adult pop-up books Hmm. and I loved pop-up books when I was a kid I actually have one that is a pop-up book of a haunted house which I'll have to put some pictures up on because it's actually pretty cool and then when I mentioned this again to my kids, my daughter mentioned that her best friend has one that is a pop-up book of phobias. Let's talk about how that's never coming home with me. (laughs) And she's like, it's actually pretty scary. I'm like, really? I'm sure it is. (laughs) So I'm going for the mild-mannered pop-up books because again, reading is reading. And if it's in a fun format, it's still reading. So they have what is called Melina Editions of some of the classic books and so i found alice in wonderland which was really hard for me not to buy i didn't but i wanted to and the wizard of oz and they have it's the story but it's meant to be interactive so it's an actual hardback book but the alice in wonderland had like an alice with extendable arms and legs and it had the rabbit's house as a pop-up and it reveals the giant alice or and it has the this was the part that made me so excited it has a chest a cat and when you pull the grin the or pull yeah pull a tab the cat goes away and the grin's still there. So I'm just going to cut in right here because we just talked about horror novels. Alice in Wonderland scares
0: the bejesus out of me. Like, <laughs> I am terrified of Alice in Wonderland. I wouldn't I am not here for that Dawn. You can have this pop up book. <laughs> that, that is, is my line.
1: <laughs> because I like Alice in Wonderland <laughs> although I did write a whole book about the white rabbit trying to kill people so <laughs> yeah you're to blame probably <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so I thought that was really cool and then I thought the Wizard of Oz had things like it has the a pop-up yellow brick road and it has Oz's glasses which give you a different way to look at the world and the trees have moving branches that so I could have really gotten into these. I could have had a lot of fun with them. I did actually buy myself an Alice in Wonderland thing, but it wasn't the pop-up book. But those I think are really cool. So my other thing is that I was obsessed with as a child is choose your own adventure books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I have to admit, I fully cheated. Sure. Like I re- those little thin ones that you used to get from the Scholastic book uh-huh. orders. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely, it'd be like, if you're going to, you know, climb the mountain, turn to page 12. If you're going to go back the other way towards the village, turn to page 14. I was totally checking out which page I was going to where I wasn't <laughs> going to die. Right. So I researched these to see, okay, do they have these for grownups now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they do. Okay. And one thing I had completely forgotten about them, but remembered once I started playing with it is that they're told in second person. Oh, right. So it's things like you walk into the room, you see this, mm-hmm. which that took about 15 seconds to get used to. And then I was totally in for it. But I found them on my Kindle, which mm-hmm. is cool because it gives you the story and then you get to the bottom and it says, if you want to dance with this person, click here. If you want to dance with that person, click there. But you can't check them both out. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah like when you click here you're in that storyline and Mm -hmm. I'm like but I want to go back because (laughs) I need to and evidently life doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. so that was my reading it on Kindle versus reading it on paper and I did find one that I was really kind of excited to recommend but I can't recommend because there weren't any links it would say turn to page five Mm -hmm. but if I'm reading on Kindle I don't Oh, yeah. It's really hard to go to page five or to go to page, I mean, I guess you could use the go-to feature, but I was getting, I'd already read three by that point and I was getting really spoiled to that link thing. Mm -hmm. So two that I'm going to recommend, one is actually historical and it is My Lady's Choosing by Kitty Curran and Larissa Zargas. And this was just fun. You are a penniless Person in 17th century England, you are working for this horrible, terrible woman, and she takes you to a ball.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so there's four or five different men you get to choose from. Uh, do you want to be introduced to this person? Do you want to dance with this person? When there's a woman there that you become friends with, who's like, forget all them, come off to Egypt with me. And so I, it's and it's written very irreverently kind of mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun to read for example the first choice you get is do you go to the ball or not mm-hmm. and it's like if you choose to attend the ball click here if you choose not to attend the ball you're immediately fired you were thrown out onto the street. you have <laughs> no choice but to sell your body and you will be dead from syphilis within a year <laughs> it's right. like well okay then i think i'll go to the mall right
0: that's not really choosing that, that that's not really choosing adventure choose your death or choose adventure right
1: <laughs> when you put it that way mm-hmm. so i had a lot of fun reading through this i read through the storyline i followed i think i took it took like an hour to an hour and a half to get mm-hmm. through that one storyline and i ended up with a happily ever after thank you very much very good <laughs> i won't tell you who with, but i ended up with happily ever after The My one complaint about this book was it was harder to start a new story Mm -hmm. because another one that I read when I ended up not with a happily ever after (laughs) was like, is this not how you wanted things to work out? Click here to go back. And it takes you back to where your choice split.
0: Okay, Mm
1: -hmm. Or it would tell, it told you, okay, you can, and it it gave the list of chapters which are named. They're not numbered, Mm -hmm. but were named. And it was like, go back here and find where you can take a different path. So, with my lady's choosing, I would absolutely recommend it. It was a fun book. I had a great time with it. You just, you're going to have to go all the way back to that, to the beginning mm-hmm. to start your new choices. And then the second one that I would recommend is called Murdered by James Shanep. This one was darker. This starts <laughs> the, off- the title
0: <laughs> indicates so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> amazingly enough. Um, but of course, it's like, can you solve the murder? And I'm like, absolutely let's do this it starts off you are in rio during a celebration you're a little bit drunk you kind of stumble down an alley and you find a dead woman and then there's choices the first choice you make in that one is there is a gun next to her with a note that says pick me up and you have to choose if you pick up the gun or not
0: Hmm.
1: um so i died oh no Um, i did I did not solve the murder. (laughs) I was totally taken out by the end of it. But it was still, it was fun. And I had a great time. I was like, oh, I'm going to click here, you know, because, and then you have to actually think, this is fun because I'm just clicking buttons. If this was in real life. Right. (laughs) No, I'm not doing any of these things. But it is part of a Click Your Poison series, Hmm. which I thought was great because it has several different like there's the murdered ones and then there is an one that's called infected that's king okay, you survived the zombie ap- apocalypse well i didn't get that one because we all know the answer to that right. like <laughs> page four dawns out you know right um so i would recommend that if you're looking for something still adventurous but mm-hmm. not quite as fluffy as the romance one and there was no romance in the murdered it was strictly death could you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, death. It was strictly Don does not need to be a police officer. um. But in researching that, that led me to this thing that I did not know existed. Really. I thought it was something else. And those are visual novels. And these are like almost games. Like it's animated. So you take what you were talking about in your in the graphic novels with the panels, but they're mm-hmm. actually moving and mm-hmm. talking and... Then you have a choice. Do I, you know, if you do this, you click here. If you do that, click here. So it's not really a game. If you're a gamer, it's more you're being guided through the story. Mm -hmm. My um, daughter, who has done a couple of them, did tell me, she's like, some of them have mini games in them. Like you have to match up something and then it unlocks the next section for you or whatever. So these kind of fascinated me Mm -hmm. because again, reading is reading. And if that's provides a good escape for you, that it's Mm -hmm. easier for you to have that visualization there. And then you're clicking and it feels more like it's an escape than just sitting down and opening up a book that is still absolutely fine.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who have kids or teens out there, maybe who are reluctant readers, like my son is not a big reader, but he might be open to something like that. If they have them that are age appropriate.
1: Well, and that's, that's my next thing. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Is you need to read the descriptions on these things (laughs) because (laughs) some of them say 18 plus for a reason, and I might have needed some eyeball bleach. I'm just saying, (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) and I am, we know, I am far from a prude, right? It was a visualization, (laughs) I just didn't expect that to pop out at me like that. So, (laughs) sorry.
0: Phrasing, just pictured something popping out. Sorry.
1: Yes, yes. You're not wrong. And so I just wanted to throw that out there as another option of it's still reading. And there's Mm -hmm. some romance authors, and I tried to research it for this, and I cannot remember who they are, but there's some that have posted, I've seen posts on Facebook where they're like, oh hey, my my book is being turned into a game. Mm -hmm. And there's certain apps that do that. To where you get to choose, okay, well, especially like the love triangle books. Mm -hmm. Do you want to end up with this person or do you want to end up with that person or do you end up alone and sad with your hedgehog? You know, how does this work out?
0: Yeah, I actually was thinking as you were talking about choose your adventure, I'm writing a book right now that has two heroes and a heroine and I'm like, I could totally do this where she ends up with one, the other or both, or they both end up with each other. Yes, (laughs)
1: multiple possibilities for choose your own adventure fun time for all so so I had a lot of fun with that and then I make no secret of my love of coloring and stickers and bright colory things so I went and played in the coloring book section Mm -hmm. and they have what I didn't know existed but they're called paint by sticker books And I'm going to put up pictures of the one that I got on social media so you can see it. But it's a paint by number, except for there's stickers and you pull off the sticker and you stick it, which gives me some kind of odd satisfaction. I don't know. But what was fascinating about this to me is I got one that's flowers. And I think it's plants and flowers, actually. But it has information about the plant and flower that you're stickering. Mm -hmm. So it tells you, you know, what kind of care it needs and all of that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And then they had another one that I'm just going to mention this. And I did not buy this. And I'm regretting it. Because there is a series of coloring books called Crush Color. And I found one that was all about Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) So every picture is Ryan Reynolds doing something and you get to color him i mean if you want to make him purple that's your business whatever you want to do but it was cute because on the opposite page of the picture it had a in your dreams and it would have a little scenario like ryan is there was one picture of him holding a bouquet of flowers and it's like you arrive home and ryan is waiting for you on a balcony with flowers and wine all excited to hear about your day (laughs) and in our business we talk a lot about the fantasies that women have and what mm-hmm. draws us to romance mm-hmm. and sometimes those fantasies involve everybody's clothes staying on
0: right. And it, right
1: it involves flowers wine and somebody listening to me you know or dinner already being made <laughs> yes yes or the laundry all folded uh-huh. and then below that it had a fact about ryan reynolds like Mm -hmm. him growing up that kind of thing so they have a whole series of these jason momoa irides elbra any anybody that you're interested in you could color them
0: so that was all definitely something different (laughs) (laughs) we hope that we have uh, given you some ideas of things to try or maybe something to gift you know for fun for somebody else but also, like we do in every episode, we have some rad reading recs of the week for you guys. And I'm going to start us off to give Dawn a, a break so she can take a sip of water with all of her recommendations. But okay, so for my rad rec this week, it's Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Um, and I read this back in 2013. It's a fun and quirky coming of age novel. And I gave it five stars um, back when I read it. But I'll tell you a little bit about it from back of her copy first. So Kath doesn't need friends in real life. She has her twin sister, Ren, and she's a popular fanfic writer in the Simon Snow community with thousands of fans online. But now that she's in college, Kath is completely outside of her comfort zone. There are suddenly all these new people in her life. She's got a surly roommate with a charming boyfriend, a writing professor who thinks fanfiction is the end of the civilized world, a handsome new writing partner, and she's barely heard from Ren all semester. For Kath, the question is, can she do this? Can she make it without Ren holding her hand? Is she ready to start living her own life? And does she even want to move on if it means leaving Simon Snow behind? So she's a like super like successful fanfic writer, you know, totally anonymous obviously, but about Simon Snow, which is kind of like think Harry Potter or something like a universe of fantasy characters that she's writing this fan fiction about. And she's in college and she's just feeling like she doesn't have anybody and her sister's kind of gone off and has ignored her. So she doesn't know if she should like let go of this um, or not, but I think I really resonated with the book because I've always been a fangirl. Like y'all know me talking about Buffy already today. Like when I'm into something, I'm like into it. So I want to know all the things. I want to read all of the things about it, do the research, deep dive into everything and like, you know, just absorb it. So I can resonate with someone who is like that about the things that they love. And that's how Kath is in this book. So like for me, when I was, you know, a teenager, I was obsessed with New Kids on the Block. So I wrote my first novel. It was basically thinly veiled New Kids on the Block fan fiction. Um, So I get it. And I was the quiet kid. So I know what it feels like to kind of be into something. But then when you go to school or something, you don't really have like people to connect with about it. So this is her story of kind of going to college and figuring out how to be an adult and also have this thing that um, she loves. So it also sort of fits with our theme because I didn't read this one as a graphic novel. I read it when it came out. It was you know, just regular format. But now there's a manga, which is Japanese style comics of this story. And so you could read it that way. And even the regular novel has a little bit of interesting formatting because the heroine is writing her fan fiction still. So you'll see like little snippets of what she's writing about Simon Snow. You'll get the excerpts and things. And uh, there's also now like extra there's a graphic comic of or graphic novel of Simon Snow and that whole universe. So you can kind of like really deep dive into this if you wanted. I have not read, read those, but that trilogy starts with the book carry on. So it's all very meta. So you can read about Kath writing this fan fiction about this fictional universe that she's interested in. And then you can actually go read the source material of what she's writing fan fiction about. So I thought that was, you know, really cool. But for those out there who are fangirls, it is a good read. So.
1: Well, and I have to say that is my daughter who is now 20. That is one of her favorite books. Oh, yeah. That was a, yes, she, she identified with that very deeply. So that was one of her all-time favorites. Yeah. All right, Dawn, what's your rad wreck of the week? Okay. I'm so excited (laughs) because first of all, the book is Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister have to give best shout out in the world to Amy, who is one of our listeners, who sent us a message and was like, hey, you would like this book. She was absolutely right. And I need Ronnie to read it today (laughs) so I can talk to her about it. Because I saw the recommendation from Amy, went on to Amazon, read the sample pages, was totally hooked, ordered it in hardback right then. It got there, you know, in two days or whatever. And then I had to wait like a week and a half before I had time to read it. (laughs) Because I am a binge reader and I knew nothing else was going to get done. Once I really got into this book, I was going to have to know what happened. Because here's the premise. How do you stop a murder that's already happened? Murder? I mean, I'm in. Right. And the story starts off, and none of this is spoilers. You find this all out very, very quickly. The story starts off that Jen is waiting up for her son, who is a teenager, and he's late for curfew. And he's kind of late for curfew, but it's the night that the t- clocks go back. So he's not really late for curfew. And I can totally see one of my kids <laughs> pulling that. So he's, she's literally looking out the window watching for him. And she sees him walking up and she's kind of thinking about the fact he's playing on this whole loophole of the clocks going back. And she notices there's somebody behind him. And before she can do anything, her son pulls out a knife and kills this guy like right there in her driveway. And... Chaos ensues. He's arrested. She is a lawyer herself, but she's not a criminal lawyer. They try to go to the police station, but he's over eighteen. And so basically, they're told, go home. You you'll deal. We'll deal with all this in the morning. Go home. And so she goes home. She ends up falling asleep on the couch. and she wakes up and she's in her bed, and her son is home because it's Thursday, and the murder happened on Friday. So he doesn't know what she's talking about. The murder hasn't happened. You have this whole Groundhog Groundhog Day loop going. Except the twist, which is awesome, is that it's not the same day. She keeps going further and further back. Hmm. And so it's kind of, I was a big fan of Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a Quantum Leap style time loop. And it really, I can't say a whole lot more because it gives stuff away. But It really delves into how much do you know about the people you love and how far would you be be willing to go to protect your child? So,
0: And I have, what's funny is as much as Dawn and I talk, and we talk a lot about books, obviously, like she texted me and she's like, I got this recommendation and this book is on the way. And I'm like, Dawn, this book is sitting on my desk right now. (laughs) Like I've already bought this book (laughs) because if y'all follow us or have listened to previous episodes, I'm obsessed with books with time loops or any kind of time travel thing. Like that is crack for me. Like I, I I bought it just based on the time loop part, like nothing else. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm really sorry, Dawn, that I was not available for you to send your theories to me <laughs> like normal because I have to wait and read it uh, for myself and not get spoiled, but I'm really, really excited about this one. So for me to buy something in hardback, I have to be excited about it. So I have yes. this one new release in hardback. I think I bought it the week it came out, but that is wrong place, wrong time by Jillian McAllister. Um, and that's all we have for you this week. I hope you found something interesting um, and different maybe to try. And we'd love if you like a different format or some format that we didn't cover, um, come and find us in our Facebook group or on Instagram and share with us you know, your recommendations and um, I'm sure Don will post some pictures of her coloring books
1: and things that she bought. Yes, I'll post pictures on social media of all the fun things. And if we're missing something, we love getting y'all's recommendations. Mm-hmm. So tell us what we need to read, tell us what format you've seen or what kind of okay, this was kind of kind of crazy, but it was awesome books you've read like recently.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely open to that. We get great recommendations from you guys. So Um, Until next time, we hope everything you pick up is rad reading and we'll talk soon. Bye, you guys. Bye.